I'm good and centered in the okay. Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This group <laughs> aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Marche Hall, who is program director for the NASP Association and also a non-profit professional since 2003. Hi Marche, lovely to have you on the show. Hi, hello everybody. Thanks for having me. So I guess we can start off with a quick introduction. Who are you and then how did you do it and why should I care? Okay, so who is Marche Hall? Um, So I've been in the Washington, D.C. area uh, since I graduated from college in 2004. I actually started working as an intern um, at the Wolf Trap um, Center for Performing Arts in 2003. So that's kind of where I consider myself as starting my career um, in the nonprofit world. And then when I came to D.C. after graduation, I was actually in AmeriCorps for a year. Um, Definitely recommend that program. Uh, Really good way to get your feet in the door and also get a lot of really good experience, um, even as an entry-level professional. Um, So I did that for a few years. um, Then I moved on to um, start uh, kind of fundraising work um, with the National 4-H Council in Chevy Chase, or Chevy Chase, Maryland, rather. Um, Did that for several years and then decided to go back to school um, to get my uh, graduate degree in nonprofit management. Um, and then I was um, at American University for several years, and then um, I started at NASP in uh, 2018. So that's kind of my journey uh, through the nonprofit uh, world uh, here in D.C. Awesome. Great story. And um, a follow on from that is what inspired you to join the nonprofit industry? Was it a particular moment in your life or was it a series of experiences? I think for me, because um, I originally wanted to be a lawyer <laughs> when I started college, but as I started to kind of think about, you know, what I really wanted to do and how I really wanted to kind of contribute, um, I found that a lot of the volunteer projects that I'd been working on, you know, I was really enjoying. And then I was actually able to take a class in nonprofit writing and it clicked um, because I do enjoy writing quite a bit and trying to, you know, how do I incorporate uh, this, this writing into a career or something, you know, to do after college. And, you know, I was like, I can write for nonprofits. Um, so I kind of, you know, honed in on that um, and then also enjoyed event planning. So I was kind of able to marry the two along with, you know, research and um, some of those other types of skills as well. And parlayed that into my internship on that I had a wolf trap. And then, you know, kind of using that experience, you know, move that into AmeriCorps and into fundraising with, you know, writing grant proposals, uh, narratives, things like that. And you know, just kind of took it from there. Awesome. I'm so sorry. My alarm went off there. Could we re-record that answer? Okay. Yeah. Um, so it kind of started out as um, from a, a class that I took in college on nonprofit writing. And, you know, it was, I was able to see where I could marry uh, writing with, you know, some of the projects that I was doing uh, as a volunteer um, during my college years, um, because I'd originally wanted to be a lawyer, but, you know, kind of didn't feel like that was maybe quite right for me. So kind of once I was able to take that class, it, it clicked and I was able to kind of pull in that experience along with some of the event planning, things that I was interested in as well, and use that to get the internship that I had at Wolf Trap and then um, the AmeriCorps uh, position a year later. And so I just kind of used those to help build my uh, career within uh, the non- nonprofit world. Awesome. And it seems like you had some really great resources to hand, whether that be through college or beyond. But what would you say were the best resources that helped you along the way? 
I think a lot of it was kind of my own internet research, but mm -hmm. I think what was really helpful once I started AmeriCorps is the training that they provided mm -hmm. um, where you kind of got to know the nonprofit world in DC, as well as, you know, get to know a lot of other people in the nonprofit industry in general. Mm -hmm. And what was really good about that is the people that I met then, a lot of them I'm still, I met, I'm still friends with. Um, so it helps to build it helped to build a network um, as well as, you know, kind of get that really crucial um, early career experience. And, you know, a lot of kind of held a responsibility for someone who was just out of college, you know, 22 years old. Um, other resources um, have been, you know, groups on LinkedIn and then also finding um, communities of other women, um, particularly for me, you know, as a black woman, you know, finding those sort of people who, are like you in some ways is a good way to kind of bounce, to bounce ideas off of other people and also just see, you know, I'm going through this or I'm, you know, experiencing that. How are you dealing with something similar and just, you know, feeling that you're seen and sort of a different way that you may be, you know, in some other spaces. Awesome. And um, it seems like you obviously spoke to a lot of people within your network before joining the nonprofit industry, but were there any lessons that you wish you would have known before starting in the nonprofit industry? I think one of the lessons I would have liked to know is that you end up doing, you end up wearing a lot of hats. Mm. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, being on, you know, thin budgets and things like that, but the reality of it, um, I think wasn't as apparent. And I think you also have to understand that there isn't so much training involved when it comes to nonprofit, you dive in and do it. Um, you know, for the good or the bad or the ugly. So you have to be willing to be able to problem solve, problem solve in pretty creative ways. Um, I think you'll find that it kind of helps you grow. It helps you to be flexible. It also helps you to adapt in certain situations because we're always adapting. We're always dealing with, um, you know, various types of, of situations when it comes to funding, when it comes to programming, um, when it comes to our constituent groups that we're dealing with. Um, so I'd say in all of the roles that I've had from academia, um, here through association and then through more, you know, more traditional nonprofits, it has been adaptability, flexibility, um, and willing to kind of do what it takes. Mm. So that's something that I wish I would have learned. I definitely want to share uh, with others as well. Mm, for sure. Well, I'm glad you learned that very early on in your career and you could apply it in then such a way. Mm -hmm. Especially the problem solving part. <laughs> That's awesome. And thinking about the span of your career, what would you say is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Biggest failure. Um, I think my biggest failure would be some of the events that we we've had. Um, they didn't go as well as we would have hoped. It may have been something that was online when it was in person where, you know, you're in front of all of these people and a speaker hasn't shown up or, you know, you're having technical difficulties and it's kind of hard to tell what to do next. Mm. So it kind of helped me to think about, to think about more in the way of contingencies, again, on that problem solving and kind of almost pre-problem solving because you don't necessarily know what will happen, but you have to be conscious that something will happen. And, you know, kind of before those, you know, events, you know, kind of went off the rails, the other events that we had had been really well. So I think we were, we got a little complacent about what we needed to do. 
And this kind of helped us snap back into, all right, here's what we need to do now. Here's how we need to, you know, make sure that everything's taken care of and then everything is buttoned down tight. Mm. And um, we've been good ever since because um, this happened last year, one of our first kind of one-line events. Um, mm. We were still kind of new to it. Yeah. Um, and then one in-person event that we had. So it's still fairly new, still, you know, kind of learning from that. Um, but those, those are the kind of takeaways I have from it. Yeah, because uh, obviously with any new organization, there's going to be teething problems and things that don't go right initially. But yeah, I'm glad that you sort of had that resilience to sort of bounce back. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it took a couple of days. I was like, I don't, you know, kicking yourself and everything. But then it's like, all right, what can we do better? And, you know, let's execute that. Yeah. Awesome. So what would you say uh, as a piece of advice to somebody who was willing to sort of pursue a career in the nonprofit industry? I would say um, definitely hone your writing skills because mm. you'll find that you'll be writing um, in all sorts of um, areas, whether it's advocacy, whether it's in fundraising, um, whether it is in kind of more admin roles and be able to tell a story in a way that helps people connect with your cause. Um, and I think that kind of goes across uh, several different, you know, areas of the of the industry. And then also no fundraising, even if you don't intend to be a fundraiser. Um, what we like to say and what, you know, kind of learn from other folks that I've worked with is everybody in the organization can fundraise. So as you're presenting yourself to your clients or uh, to your family, things like that, you can always be in some way selling the organization. Um, in the way that you treat the people that you work with, um, you know, within your programming um, or, you know, kind of others just around you that showing that, you know, this is an, a cause worth, you know, worth giving to, worth being a part of. Um, so you always want to keep that in mind as, you know, as you work in your career as a as a um, as a nonprofit professional. Mm-hmm. Um, people are kind of scared of fundraising, scared of the sales aspect, but a lot of it is just I found is just connecting with people. Mm, very, very. And so I think that if you're able to connect authentically and also mm. listen to what, you know, a, a potential donor is saying and okay, here's something that can match with them. I think that goes a long way. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. And it's just part of being in the nonprofit world, knowing how important fundraising is and just breaking that down into the, you're connecting with people, nothing to be afraid of. You're just connecting. <laughs> Yes, what a lovely message. And then I'm sure you're very busy at the moment, but what have you read or listened to recently in your free time that's really inspired you? You said what you've listened to? Read or listened to. Read or listened to? Yeah. I, let's see, I have been listening to, I listened to a podcast on WeWork Mm. um, recently. Uh, It was a a series. And that that was kind of interesting because you think about the kind of cult of personality and how that led to its rise and fall. And I don't think in some ways, I guess it relates to career because you think about leadership and, you know, having charisma, having vision is important, but where does it cross the line? And you can, you know, with a lot of power comes a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Um, So you can see there, well, the responsibility just completely went off the rails. (laughs) Um, So it was a kind of a cautionary tale in that sense. So I kind of like listening to those um, types of, Podcasts like you know, listen to one um, on Elizabeth Holmes as well, and also again thinking about where leadership goes awry. Mm. Um, another book that um, I really liked, I think, really spoke to me was um, "Quiet" by Susan Cain. Um, I read it some time ago, but I think because it centered 
people who are more introverted and, you know, kind of validated that introverts are okay. I think it really helped me tremendously in thinking about, you know, how to present myself and how to think about myself as an introvert and how I, um, and how I kind of relate to that. Mm. Well, I'll definitely make sure to check those out. And who are three people who have been the most influential to you in your life? Most influential? Um, I'd say my dad, definitely, because he um, was actually the principal of my high school <laughs> when I was there. So that was interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, he's had a lot of positions within education in the state of West Virginia where um, where we grew up. And he's one of the first black men to do that. So I know that he had to go through a lot to do that, to get to those positions. And I think a lot of that was just sheer tenacity and just not giving up. So I think mm-hmm. I learned that from him. Um, another influential person. Um Oh, my mom too. Um, she's had cancer three times and survived all three of those. Wow, what a true. Um, so again, not giving up. Uh, yeah. Just you know, you know, just you know, making sure that you have a support system around you that can help to take care of you when maybe things aren't aren't going so well. Because that's something that you know, as we were growing up and having to deal with all of this, we were able to. Ha- she was able to kind of make sure that her friends and our family were aware. Were looking out for us. And so she was able to kind of prepare a support group for all of us. Mm. Um, so that was something that was really important, I think. And that's something that, you know, I want to make sure that I am, you know, doing as well as a support group for, you know, myself, my family and things like that. Um, as far as a third person, I can look at a third person. Hmm. If I have a third person, <laughs> sorry. We'll find, we'll find I think someone in like ten minutes, but um, yeah. no worries. Actually, no. you know what? I think Audrey Lord. I just it just occurred to me, um, the poet Audrey Lord, because mm-hmm. she just lived her life kind of regardless. Um, you know, she. Uh, you know, one of her favorite quotes is pretty famous. Is you know. Um, personal being and political and, you know, taking care of yourself. And I think that really resonates with me, especially I think in the last year mm-hmm. with everything that we've kind of dealt with, with COVID. Um, and also actually did a project on her in school and her message about, you know, taking pride in your heritage, she, you know, from the Caribbean. And so bringing some of that spirituality into her poetry. Um, I thought that was really, really interesting. And then also, speaking truth to power and being of service to other people. Um, those are things that I kind of drew out when I did the project um, on her back in college. So those are kind of things that I've kind of, you know, tried to take to heart, um, you know, always, you know, always uphill battle. But um, I think it's that uh, she's someone that I wish, wish I could meet, um, you know, I, she died, you know, 20 plus some years ago, but um I really enjoy her work, and um, I think that in some ways she's kind of left a good, a good mark on me when it comes to thinking about service to other people and speaking out. Mm, very lovely. And then finally, to wrap up our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you would give yourself at any point in your life? Um, it would be that you are enough, that... Um, you can do anything you want to 
um, they'll be afraid to ask for it. I think it's something that, again, here in the last maybe year and a half, I've kind of learned to be a little more fearless when it comes to here's what I want, here's what I need. And I think for a lot of women, that tends to come up a lot. Mm. So just, you know, putting it out there a little bit for is kind of what you want and what you need. And letting that response then guide you versus, you know, trying to say, well, they're going to say no, or this is not going to work. Or, you know, don't try to respond or answer for other people in your own head put it out there and then see what happens. You may be pleasantly surprised. Mm. What a lovely note to end on. Thank you so much, Marche, for taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you again. All right then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.